was crap, actually. Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> Work was kind of awful. And by awful, I was there for five hours and basically made no money because people aren't tipping to goes anymore. So that was fun. But the end of my... Oops. Sorry. Oh, I did yeah. not mean to hurt yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the end of my day made the whole thing a little bit better. So I was getting ready to leave work. And I was looking at the drink machine and the drink in my hand. And I was like, should I be good and keep drinking water or should I get a fun drink? And my coworker was like, get a fun drink. You deserve it. I said, no, no, no. I can't drink a fun drink. I need to keep drinking water. And she kind of gave me that what the fuck face where you, like, ask for someone's opinion and then do the exact opposite. How rude. Right? <laughs> That's kind of what she was looked, saying with her eyeballs. But I was like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm drinking tonight. So I, I have to drink water because I'm drinking tonight. And another coworker came around the corner and was like, you're recording tonight? <laughs> so apparently she thinks the only she, time I drink is when I record. But I love how she knows. <clears throat> she like, knows. She knows. <laughs> you're drinking probably 50% of the time you are recording. Probably 90% of the time. 90%? Okay. I'm almost always drinking with you. I, I'm definitely always drinking with you, whether it's recording or not. We don't always drink when we hang out, though, do we? No. Okay, good. I was no. starting to worry about it. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes we, we have, like, book club and stuff, or we'll just have a random sleepover, and we'll just... True. Just, like, watch movies and be True. chill. I don't know. We don't always drink, though. No, we not usually always. plan on We're drinking. not alcoholics. We are not. We are not. Despite what it may look like. Sound like. Sound like. <laughs> True. They can't see. Not yet. Not yet. The same girl mentioned, she was like, you've talked twice about taking videos of your recording. Recording? Video recording. Mm-hmm. I can't words. I'm already a drink and a half into this, so I'm sorry, people's um, listeners. I think this is my third. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we are a Whoops. <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of a good segue. Hi, everybody. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, it is your very intoxicated host, Paige Turner. And Hollywood. And this is Booklet. Woo! Today we're... Oh, sorry. Um, words. Oh. I was gonna say, we have missed you, and we have missed each other. Yes. And we are finally together in the same room. We're still under, like, partial quarantine. Like, it's like... Like, Americanized quarantine is the best way I can say it. Because it's like, we can go out, kind of, but also can't. It's weird. We can't do all of the fun things, and yet I have been working this entire time. I have not, and I am, I, I, I miss you. (laughs) We miss all of you. (laughs) It's been rough, but we're getting through it, so. And we're back, and we are drinking, um, a drink I found on Pinterest. It's, um, ruby red grapefruit. And rosemary honey drink stuff. With vodka. It's so good. It is. It's really good. And she put like a whole sprig of, of fresh rosemary in there. And it looks all fancy. They'll yeah. get a picture of it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. When you're drinking it and you keep your eyes open, it looks like you're drinking a forest. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got a tree in your cup. I, don't poke yourself in the eyeball with the rosemary. I'm coordinated enough to not do that. <laughs> After three of those? <laughs> yeah. 
You'd be surprised. <laughs> I have seen you try and get a straw in your mouth with it like an inch away from your mouth. But in the same breath, do a couple yoga poses on point. This is true. You just never know. I was going to say something real dirty. Your feet are real coordinated, but your mouth not so much. Oh, that's sad. Normally it's the opposite for people. Yeah. It's been a long quarantine. red box movie okay and I'm just you know I'm paying attention to the screen like tapping through trying to find something and some guy walks behind us and he's on like passing by behind us going into the store and I don't even see the guy because I'm just busy tapping away never and, looks up from the screen no and I guess I guess he's looking at at Paige and he said hi and <laughs> so all I hear is the guy say hey and I'm just like hey <laughs> I never even saw the guy's face, but for some reason, I decided to flirt with him. <laughs> Full on flirt, sight unseen, like it's a done deal. Just straight up, hey. <laughs> and as soon as as soon as I said it, I was like, Paige, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> and the best part is, like, he said hi initially because I made like that awkward customer service eye contact and I was just like did the weird smile like anybody who has worked customer service you know what I'm talking about and so he was like hi she does she she, she even did god I can't stop laughing she did like a head flip and everything <laughs> it's like hey <laughs> oh my god I don't think I'm ready to go back in public yet <laughs> she has forgotten how to do the public thing <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Oh gosh! I can't believe I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my God! I can't believe I forgot about that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so anyway, um, tonight we're talking about what I carry by Jennifer Longo, and it's a pretty good um little YA book that we read for our um our book, book club, club that we're in. And uh, it was a cute little story, so we thought we'd share it with y'all. Yeah, we really like it. And the drink actually does sort of make sense. <coughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> I can't talk. Where did all that phlegm come from? Ooh. Don't die. I want chicken nuggets still. We can get chicken nuggets like Well, we can't. Because we can't drive. You think Blondie will take us to go get chicken nuggets? If we ask her really nicely. I'll buy her chicken nuggets. She would. Yes! Yes. I want she chicken nuggets. She can. She would. Anyway, it was very hard to pick a drink to go with this book because the entire book is about a 17, 18-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Who can't drink. <laughs> 
Yeah, but but you did a really good job though because she's all about like nature and I hope I'm not getting too ahead of myself by like saying all this now. Oh. But like she's like real nature, loves loves the outdoors and stuff and so you know, this whole little grapefruit and, and tree. Tree <laughs> drink. It's it's really it, it it goes real well. I think you did a good job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you should totally try it. Like I said, it's super easy and so good. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Um, um, so, yeah. You want to go ahead and start on the book while I drink a little bit more of this and try to catch up? Okay. So, our main character's name is Muriel. Um, she was an orphan from birth. She was left as a baby at the John Muir Medical Center. So, the staff of that medical center decided to name her uh, Muriel after John Muir, and she goes by Muir. Which, I feel so bad for that poor girl. Like, Muriel is such an old lady name. It really is. And Muriel. To be, to be in foster care, you can name Muriel. Muriel. I think okay. of, like, cowardly dog Muriel. Hmm? C- Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, I wasn't allowed to watch that. Oh, Muriel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you saying it smiling and giving me the seductive eyes doesn't help me know what it means. <laughs> it's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> for those of you who don't know who John Muir is, he's a naturalist and um, all about conserving uh, forests and such. Conserving or preserving? Con- ooh. Conserving? What's the difference? I don't know. Conversation and conservation. conservation. <laughs> Cons- conversations about conservation. <laughs> Preserve? I don't know. Anyway, he likes trees. So <laughs> in his drink. Yeah. And he's like a big deal and they named this goddamn hospital after him and he writes books or whatever and so she's you know, that's her namesake, so, you know, she reads his books, and she's, like, obsessed with the guy. Yeah. And, uh, so that's her thing. Like, um, in a totally healthy way. Right, right, right. Like, that's just, she's genuinely interested in. Yeah. She was given a book, one of his books, when she was very little, because, you know, aha, you're named after him, you will love this book, and... You should know who he is. Right. Read about him, and... And she did. She kind of took after him and made his mission her goal in life too yeah and And, uh so uh growing up in the um the system she uh tended to bounce a lot from house to house from home to home right but she was a good kid like it was never because she did something bad she got good grades in school she worked and did did she work or did she just do volunteer stuff i think she did like volunteer stuff because like they didn't really want her to work for right. some reason. Right. I don't know what that was about. And she, like, but, helped out in the homes. and Yeah, and she was, like, never a bad kid. She never got in any trouble, was n- never late to come home, anything. And the reason that she would bounce around is because when she got too comfortable, she would kind of freak her out a little, and she would call up her social worker, uh, Jolene, mm-hmm. and be like, Jolene, come get me. I can't do this. So it was always her choice to leave. Well, as she got older, it was her choice to leave. Right. And, like, her thing is she just never wanted to get attached to anyone because she felt like she was just on her own. Well, and of course she would. Like, she was left as a baby. 
Roger? Yeah. Me being a baby? So never even knowing, not even like knowing a family and then getting taken out. Like never knowing, never knowing anything. Any, any just, family. For her whole life, nobody wanted her. Yeah. One couple was going to adopt her when she was little. And I think they found out, like, the, the couple couldn't get pregnant or were having trouble getting pregnant. And then the wife gets pregnant after they decide to adopt her. And they're just like, oh, well, we don't need her anymore. So, out How the sick door. is that? Like, that's so sad. Like, just kidding. We're having our own baby now, so we don't need you anymore. We don't love you anymore. Like, I can't imagine. Like, that's sick. People are shit. <laughs> that's very shitty. I'm sorry, but sometimes people are shit. Um, so one of her things is that she, um, she tends, she likes to pack real light because she knows she's never going to stay anywhere permanently. Hence the name of the book. That's why it's what I carry. Um, she only has the essentials on her. But she does have a, one little vice about that though. She does like to take one small thing from each of her foster care homes. That's kind of like a little memento. Um, and it's never anything like, you know, it's re- something really, really small that no one would really miss. Like, uh, a plastic animal or something and like um <clears throat> well it goes throughout the story and like explains each one but they like meant something to her yeah as a reminder of why she didn't need people yeah so her whole point in packing light is because she's constantly having to move constantly having to leave and it's easier to leave when you don't have attachments right and stuff means attachments Right, exactly. So when she would move into a new home, most of the time she didn't even unpack her clothes. Like, she lived out of this bag no matter where she was. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't even buy herself new clothes. Like, she would have just essential clothing. Yeah, she had, what, six outfits? Yeah, and she would, you know, never even worry herself with, like, what was fashionable or whatever. Just whatever was um, functional, you know? Yeah, it was all kind of designed not to stand out. Right, just to kind of... Skate along. Right, exactly. So she's actually, at, up to this point, she's like, she's about to age out. She's about to turn 18, mm-hmm. right? So by this point... Well, she's point, about to graduate high school. Yeah. So she's already been through 20 foster homes, which is a lot. So many. That's a lot. That's more than one a year. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, not even just from family to family, but, like, schools. Can you imagine having to transfer schools that many times? No. Um, so the last home that she was in, there was this little girl that was also a foster kid in that home named Zola. And this little girl looked up to her, like adored her. And Zola wasn't an orphan. She was taken out of her mom's care or out of her grandmother's care because the mom, I believe, was a drug addict. Yeah. And the grandma was old and couldn't always really take care of her. And so poor Zola would just, she was just taken and she wanted to be back home with her mom and her grandmother because that's where, you know, she felt loved and felt comfortable, but she couldn't always stay there. So it was kind of a back and forth thing with Zola, which was also heartbreaking. Oh, extremely. Any kind of situation where the kid has to be taken to foster care, it's always heartbreaking. I, I cried several times. It was like a good cry, but I cried several it, times. It is a really good book. Um, but anyway, so she looks up to Amir um, almost as like a big sister and, you know. Um, anyway, but she had to 
Mira, it was time for Mira to go, so she says goodbye to Zola, thinking she'll never see her again. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jolyn is her social worker, and she brings her to her last, hopefully last home before she ages out. And um, she's like, there's only a year left. Just stay the whole year. You're almost done. And Mira's like, there's no way I'm going to stay the whole year. Right. Like, you know, I've I'm never not stayed like a whole year. I'm not like that. But uh, her social worker is trying to encourage it. And um, so um, Mira is terrified of aging out because she mean- she knows that means that she will be on her own. And she knows the, st- the statistics of uh, what happens to kids in foster homes that do age out and they're kicked out on their own with no resources and, you know, they either end up in jail or they die on the street. Like, yeah, they it's end not up a good homeless. situation. Yeah. She, she's terrified of what's going to happen to her. So that's why she's always kept good grades and kept her nose clean because her plan is don't get attachments. You can do this. You're going to go to college. I don't know how she planned on paying for it. I wonder if... No, she didn't plan on going to college. She just wanted to... Oh, yeah. She was going to get a job and stuff. Yeah. She was just <clears> going <throat> to graduate high school and just get a job and, and just, just kind of s- survive. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good... She was never really planning on living her life. She just had plans on surviving. Mm-hmm. And she was just survival mode her entire life. And that's what she could plan on continuing to do. Yeah. It, I can't even imagine... Like, I mean, I get it. I bust my butt every day. And I, I mean, I totally understand. Like, but when it comes down to it, you have nothing left. You've got to survive. Right. You know? And I know, like, I know if push comes to shove, there are people that are willing to help me. Up until this point, she had nobody. Yeah. Except for Jolene. Oh, yeah. But, um, so she, um, she gets to her new foster home, you know, with, very little expectation, and it's this island. She's never been off the mainland before, whatever. And so, um, the little her uh her she meets her foster mother, and her name is Francine, and she has a little dog named Terry Johnson. It's just so cute. Yeah, and she's like, okay, you know, they seem nice, but this is temporary, so whatever. And it's really cute because. As the reader of the book, you can see how perfect they are for each other. Yeah. Like, Francine is this little older woman who, no kids of her own, no husband. She lives by herself in this little, like, I picture, like, a little farmhouse type thing mm-hmm. with her dog. And she they're both vegetarians. I love Francine so much. They're like, her so personality precious. is, like, what I strive to be when I'm that old. Like, <laughs> They're just she's so cool. She and she's she reminds me of Blondie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she does. She reminds me of Blondie. My grandmother. <laughs> who um, I pretty much strive to be. <laughs> Blondie is amazing. She's and the coolest. I think everybody who knows her adores her. Oh yeah. Um and that's that's like Francine. And they're they're like I said, they're both vegetarians. They both have a lot of things in common. Mm-hmm. And Francine has been a foster parent for years. She had actually, quote-unquote, retired from being a foster parent, and Jolene basically talked her into opening her doors one last time. For this girl, who was, like, she wanted last foster child, last foster home. 
Like, perfect match. Right. Like, one more go. Come on, guys. You all can do this. We can do this. We can do this. Um, so, so, Muir, you know, she kind of settles in, and she's like, you know, I'm going to go for a walk, you know, kind of explore a little bit. Because that's what she does. Yeah, she, she likes to be outside. Just like John Muir. And, um... She says that while the homes may be different and the smells may, may be different, the sky is always basically the same. It's like her one constant is nature. Right. Um, so she's walking around and she finds Blackbird, Blackbird Coffee. And she decides to go in. And um, when she walks in, she sees this girl and she's buying some, a whole dozen of these beautiful cookies that were like just intricately... Ice, yeah, like <laughs> real artfully, and um, they were like little sailboats, like yeah, just stupid, just cute, Instagram worthy, yes, cookies. Instagram worthy. That's a good way to put that. Um, but so she buys all of them, and she takes them over to the trash and just throws them away, and takes a picture of them in the trash and laughs and leaves. Typical mean girl shit. Yeah, and um. So, Mir goes over to the trash can and takes the cookies back out. They're in a box. They're yeah. not, like, in garbage, you know, like, touching anything. Right. But she takes the box back out, and she walks over to the counter, and she meets um, Kira, who's the girl behind the counter, who... And Kira is this beautiful, tattooed, badass-looking chick. She's so cool. Like, I love her. Yes. And, um... If I had any kind of edge to me, I would want to be her, but I am, like, a marshmallow. <laughs> You're a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and, and, and a marshmallow. And a marshmallow. <laughs> uh, but, so, Kira is the one who, like, iced these cookies. Like, she's an artist. Okay, um, so she gets a coffee or something. I think she gets a tea. Yeah. And she takes the cookies. And, Doesn't um, she pay for them, again? So, basically, they made twice as much money on them? I'm not sure. I have I like I'm it to be honest, it's been a minute since we've read the book. That would be cool if she did. I think she did. I don't remember. Or at least she good. tried to. Yeah. But she know. ends up taking them back home. But she to just Francis. takes the cookies. But um so but while she's at the coffee house, she sees a flyer and um it's for the Salishwood Environmental Center and they're looking for someone to help teach kids about wilderness ethics. It's a little internship. So, basically teach them not to leave trash uh-huh. and don't be a dick. But basically, she would get to be in the woods. hang out in the woods all the time. Yeah. And she's like, wow, this is like, this would be so Sign cool. Sign me up. Yeah. So she, not me, personally. No. <laughs> no. No. Let's not con- get confused here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, she does apply for it. But she does not ask for Francine's permission at first. She doesn't even tell her. She yeah. just does it. And Francine, she doesn't get, like, pissed when she finds out. Mm-hmm. But she's like, okay, I'm going to need you to tell me this. Right. You can be honest with me. I'm not going to get mad. But in order for this to work, in order for you to make it here for your last year, we've got to have... Com- some communication here. and some honesty yes. and that trust. And if you're hiding things from me, there's not going to be any. Right. So, just tell me things. Right. Which exactly. is, again, awesome. Francine like, is so cool. Like, um, There comes a part later, a little bit of a, a teaser, 
where they have probably the best conversation, most awkward conversation between an old woman and a teenage girl, and it is amazing, and it's, I love it. It's wonderful. I find <laughs> it. Um, so she gets the position, and um, she goes... She goes over there, and she meets her new boss, whose name is Jane, and her new co-workers, who are Natan and Sean. So, Natan is this kind of... Ass. He's an ass. <laughs> and he thinks he's, like, he thinks he's this wonderful, hippie type. He's God. one of, he's one of those hippie people who aren't, like, legitimately hippie. Like, no. loves the earth and all of that, but they're one of the, like... He's creepy. He's very creepy, but he's also one of those, like, showy people who is just... He's a wannabe. He's a poser. He's a poser. He really is. Like, he thinks he's this cool, you know, whatever, but he's he's just a creep. And he's trying way too hard. Oh, yeah. But now Sean is um, about her age, and he's just, of course... Adorable. This adorable, attractive young man that she's, Legitimately in love with nature. Yes. And, um... She she's gonna start this internship at the beginning of the school year, right? Yeah. Which I found it interesting that it was during the school year and not during the summer. But part of the draw for her was she would get a cre- uh, credit, a school credit, school credit. Thank you. That's what yeah, I was looking for. for for the internship. Right, and it would look good on a resume. Right. Basically, again, her whole life is thinking for this future of working and, and surviving. Surviving. Yeah. So just getting a job right after school, just skimming by. Right. So she's thinking this will be look good in the future and be good in the future and I just so happen to love nature, so it kinda works for the now too. Yeah. Well before the school year starts, Francine is like, every year the whole island gets together for this big picnic and you are gonna go. She really doesn't want to go because, again, new girl in a small island where everybody's known everybody since before they were born. Right. Like, I'm sure the this is going to be really weird, but the little sperms know each other. Like, <laughs> right. Small town. It's hard to kind of jump in I'm, in a small town. Yeah. Where people already know each other. And she's like, I don't even want to be here. And, like, I'm not going to know anybody anyway. I don't, don't want to get to know close anybody, to anybody because I'm going to be out of here as soon as I can. Like, so I don't want to go. And right. Francina's like, you're going. Right. So she goes. <laughs> and she's like, all right, I'll be there for a couple minutes to show my face and then get get the hell out of there. But um, so she shows up and she happens to see Kira from the coffee shop. And she's like, oh, wow, this girl goes to my school. So they kind of start talking, and they seem to they seem to have, you know, a bit in common, and they end up being friends. And uh, Kara's like, all right, so let me kind of show you what's what here. And she points out that one mean girl with the cookies and another girl that's, like, her friend. And she's like, that's Tiana and Katrina, and they are bitches. The mean girls. They are the mean girls of the school. And then she she's she sees Sean come up and she's like, Oh, he comes here too? Okay. And uh not only that, but Sean is friends with Kara. So then Kara is like, Oh, this is my friend Sean, and then Sean's like, Well, I already know her because we work together now. Right. And so they all kind of become friends. So 
kind of off topic, but when you read this part, did it kind of remind you of, like, you and I becoming friends? Yeah. Because not that we're complete opposites, but she was like, oh, look, a person. I know this person. I've talked to this person before. We are friends now. We are now friends. (laughs) You are my person. (laughs) I choose you. Yes, I've adopted you, so (laughs) you don't have a choice. We're friends. (laughs) And that's pretty much exactly how it happened with us. Pretty much. It just kind of happened that way. Yeah. (laughs) But all the best friendships do. Like, they just happen. And I feel like ours is, like, a legit friendship because it happened, like, we picked our own friends. It wasn't a, these are the only people you are allowed to associate with. Choose right. A person. Not a forced friendship. Right. Just, like, naturally, like, hey, you're cool. Yes. Yeah, we're friends now. We both like hibachi <laughs> and books. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> we'll get along great. And we did. <laughs> um, so after they talk for a little while, um, Sean... Sean goes to hang out with Tiana and Katrina because he's clueless that they're mean. Because Sean's the kind of guy who's friends with everybody. He's just a really nice guy. And he's just, like, he's cute enough that the popular kids like him, but mm-hmm. he's real enough that the not popular kids like him. Right. He's and like so the floater, you know? Like, he, he's friends with everyone. You know, he bounces around. Yeah, he won't go away. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of floats around socially. <gasps> So anyway, so Sean, so Sean goes to talk to K- Tiana Katrina. And, what, did, um, what does she call them? She calls them. I don't know. Katina. Something like that. She like she gives them a, a ship name. Trina. No. I don't know. I think it's Katina. Something like that. To make it easier, because she doesn't want to say both yeah, their just names. Yeah, one person. Um. So this kind of gives Kira a chance to talk to um mirror about Sean and she's like yeah you know um I've known him all my life and I can tell just from like those few minutes that he likes you just so you know he likes he likes you and she's like oh (laughs) no big deal you know whatever even though she totally likes him too you say that so confidently like I'm the shit no he doesn't whereas me being me I would be like oh (laughs) no, no, no he doesn't no, like, even, I say that, like, in a way that, like, yeah, sure, he likes me, but it doesn't matter, because I'm not going to be here anyway. I'm not going to date him. I'm leaving. Yeah, this but it's funny not how permanent. we both, like, how we see these with our own personalities, because you're like, uh, boy, oh, bye. of course he likes me, boy, bye. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> anyway, that was a weird observation. Oi. No, but it's true. It's, it's funny how you, you know, you can, like, kind of see yourself in books that you read, you know? You can connect and reflect to your own And sometimes I see, like, how I want to be, and that's another book about me. <laughs> oh. Some of them. Anyway. Yeah, the hoodles. Um, so she's working at Salishwood now, and um, so kids come on their field trips to Salishwood. And, and basically, they just take them on hikes through the woods and, you know, tell them, don't leave your trash around, don't leave anything that you didn't bring in, or wait, everything you bring in, you take back out. Right. And uh, so one of the kids that shows up just so happens to be Zola. And she, it's so cute how excited Zola gets when she sees She's her. She's like, oh my god, it's Mirk! She's like, runs and like, hugs her, and like, oh, it's so cute. It's adorable. And so she tells... Sean, um, yeah, this is, 
it's my foster sister. And, um, oh. And then Sean, like, gets the idea that... Right, but we didn't even say that, that Mir told Kira... Oh, yeah. Mir told Kira that she was living with her aunt. For some reason, she didn't tell her that, that she, she was a foster kid. Well, I think as a as a protection device, yeah. that's not the word I'm looking for. Protection isn't the word I'm looking for. But anyway, uh, it... Like a defense mechanism? Yes. Yeah. As a one of those. As a one of those things. You don't want to reveal too much about yourself. Because when people hear, like, foster kid... Yeah. They show a lot of pity. And right. she doesn't want pity. She doesn't right. want to be noticed. So she's just like, oh, you know, I just lived with my aunt here. I just moved here, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but with Sean, she just kind of says, oh, well, this is my foster sister. So then Sean automatically realizes, oh, she's a foster kid. Right. And then she tells Sean later, hey, don't tell Kira. Right. Because I didn't tell her that. So Sean recognizes who Muir is named after. And he's like, oh, that's cool, you know, John Muir, you know, that's cool. But I'm more of a Pinchot guy myself, you know. <laughs> and apparently Pinchot is also, like, you know, preserving nature but also using it. Right. You know, for the benefit of humans, not, like, preserving it just to keep it safe, but See, that's what I was it. wondering, the difference between conservation and preservation. Right. Cause I, and I would have to look it up because I don't actually know the difference. I don't either, but it sounds like... One was one be... and one was the other. Right. Yeah. So they're close. It's both, like, taking care of the forest, but one is taking care of it to use it for humankind and taking care of it for the sake of itself. Right. So um, it kind of becomes this flirty, ongoing debate between them, you know, Pinch it versus John Muir. And right. it's like, it's, it's adorable. I like it. <laughs> I think it's so cute, but it's also kind of unrealistic. I mean, not what really. 17, what 17 year old feels that strongly about anything? In this universe, sure. But like, and it, it's like, it's like if you meet someone who also really likes, you know, I don't know, something really nerdy and underrated. Yeah, but at 17? Like, yeah. I was really nerdy at 17. And I liked random shit that nobody else did. Like, it happens. I guess I, I didn't get that, like, confident in my own opinions until, like, now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's a thing that it happens. It's just that that's just one of those... It's just this isn't a very um, popular sort of thing that they're interested in. True. But I think... That, like, any 17-year-old would be like, you know, they think they're different. They think they know everything. So they're like, oh, well, I like this one un unpopular thing. Ah, that's May true. not be conservation, but so, it could be. I'm so unknown. Oh, I love poetry and nobody else does, you know. And right. then you meet someone else who also likes poetry because right. it's not that revolutionary that you like poetry. And then you think you have a great connection because you happen to both really like the same thing. True. But it's cute because they both really like the same topic, but they like different sides of the topic. So they like, you know, pretend fight about it, right. but they also really love the fact that they both know what they're talking about. And that is something that I found really adorable, like the, the play between the two of them with this debate and how, like, 100% 
confident in their own opinions and, and thoughts and knowledge on this. Uh-huh. But then secretly and, loving the fact that the other person even knows what they're talking about. Right. Like, and has enough of an opinion to disagree. Exactly. Exactly. They know enough to actually disagree. Right. So, so it just, was it was very cutely done. I just yeah, I I in liked my it. experience didn't find it very realistic. But again, like I said, I didn't. I am still not overly confident. In, again, back to our personalities. Yeah, I guess so. Or you know, you you see your own experiences and what you read, and yeah. this, that's what makes it so interesting to talk about a book with other people because you may interpret it differently based on your experiences than someone else would, even though you're reading the exact same thing. Yeah, the same words are on the page, and yet we're saying two totally different yeah, things. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's why I love, like, ah, I love talking about books. <laughs> this is why I love what we do. This is Yes, exactly. This is why I love going to book club, and this is why we met, and this is why we do this. So yes. cool. So cool. And in case you all are wondering, yes, we do this even when we don't record. Oh, yeah. This is just... What we do. <laughs> and when it's a book that we know we're going to record about, we don't discuss it beforehand. Mm-mm. This is our first time talking about this book together. Well, except a book Well, club. besides the book club. Yeah. But we don't use all our book club look- books. Right. So sometimes we read a book and not talk about it at all with each other until we start recording. And, and sometimes it's so, so cool. hard not to do that. It is, because you, especially when it's really good. And I'm like, yes. oh my god, I have to tell you how I feel about this one part. Or I have like, to wait until we record, because then it'll be authentic. I can't tell you how many times, especially in the next book, wink, wink, that we're doing, that I have, like, yes. highlighted a passage and took a screenshot yes. and then be like, you can't send this to her. I'll be like, <laughs> I'll take, I'll highlight and, like, take notes and be like, I want to point this in particular to her <laughs> when we record, and I can't forget because I want to talk about it, but I can't yet. <laughs> I'm so glad we're the same in that, it's that amazing. aspect. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, they have this cute banter back and forth and it's and I actually really like it like you know I'm not very much she doesn't romance. like the romance don't really like romance but in this book I think it's well done I really liked it in this one because it's it's cute it's yeah. cute it is it's cute. I like it and kind of authentic it is it is and uh, I think that may also be why I like it because it's different right yeah it's not your stereotypical Oh, I think you're cute. They, oh. they lock eyes from across the crowd. Oh, no. They square. just knew. I was trying to think of the very first one we did. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do you remember what book that was? Which Was that, um... That was The Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The Beautiful. That was the one I was like, this is just too much romance for me. <laughs> like, this is... I can't deal with this. <laughs> like, shut up, please. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> Any hoodles. Um... So school starts, and um, they, they're they having lunch, and Francine shows up for some reason. I don't remember why. I think she was bringing Muriel something. Yeah, like some, lunch or something. something like that. And Muriel's like, oh, God, oh, no. Like, Kira doesn't know that I have a foster mom. I don't need them to meet. Oh, and the best part is, then Kira looks over and is like, yo, that's Aunt Francine. <laughs> yes, like, they know her. <laughs> So, you know, Francine obviously comes up to them and talks to them, and she knows them all because it's a small island, and she's like, yeah, I know her. Well, yeah, she stays with me. And then she's like, it's just like this, like, what? What? And then but Francine, obviously, like, like, Francine picks up on the vibe that Muriel's sending. This is why I love Francine. She, like, picks up on the, oh, we're not talking about the foster thing. And so she's just like, yeah, she's staying with me. Yeah, totally. yeah, so anyway, um, no big deal. Yeah. yeah. So I was just here to do something. Bye. Like, 
Yeah, she's she's really cool. She's like, she's she's great. Yeah, she she picked up on the social cues real good. But but the best part is, um, Mir thought, okay, well that's it. You know, I really liked Kira. I thought we could you know hang out, but. Now she's going to hate me because she knows I lied to her, and right. that's it. That's and it. And now she we can't me. be friends. And... and But Kara's, like, doesn't even, like, bat an eye. Like, she's just like, oh, that was weird. Oh, okay, I see. So you, you're you her new foster kid. Okay, I that's understand. Cool. Yeah. Like, she just, she was not mad at all. Right. Like, she got it. She understood. And that came off as weird to Mir because she was like, well, this is cool that she right. understands, but this is not, like, this is not what, what I've experienced know. beforehand. Like, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So, like, Mira is seeing in all of these different people, like, tiny little bits of, well, this isn't how I thought things would be. Yeah. So it's she like, had, like, this very clear picture of how life was, quote-unquote, supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And these people on this little island are, like, completely changing all of that. Right, and they're so perfect for her, and they're so good for her, and... Oh, I just love it. It's just, so great. it's perfect. And, um, so Mir, um, spends the night at Kira's house, because they're going to go to a bonfire, a school bonfire. And, um, so she goes over to her house, and she learns that Kira is, like, really an artist. Like, not yeah, like- just, not just designing little cookies, but, like, she, like, has, like, real art, like, hanging all over her house, like she's like looks like expensive art that people would purchase yes and then she asks who the mirror asks who the artist is and kira's like oh well i did that yeah and then didn't she find like didn't she do her tattoos yeah like, she, her, designed she designed her own them. tattoos yeah so Which like is, and her tattoos are like a body mural like they're just intricate and fantastic and like beautiful what gorgeous you, tattoos. they're what you want with a tattoo like, yes like if you're perfect. gonna have sleeves it's art. and it's beautiful it's yeah. just amazing and, and she then, did she designed all of them she drew them all herself yeah and then to learn that you know she did them herself and she's like well how did why did your parents you know even let you do that yeah like, you're, you you're underage you have so much so many like, tattoos how, how, did, how did you even get away with that and she um you know Kira kind of opens up to her a little bit and she's like well you know I used to be super rebellious, and, you know, um, I would get in trouble a lot, and this was kind of my way of, I don't know, this was, like, well, kind of a compromise between me and my parents. Right, so they were living in California at the time, mm-hmm. and she had gotten in with a bad crowd, and she was doing the rebellious things, and her parents, you know, trying to rein her in and trying to get her to not make bad decisions, made this compromise with her, and they were like, if you will stop hanging out with these people and doing these things, we will pay for you to get these tattoos. And it was yeah. like hundreds of dollars. Like any of y'all who have tattoos know they're not cheap. Which and to is have like two full sleeves. Which is like really great parenting to be yes. able to like understand your child enough to know that these tattoos are important to her because it's her own art. Like, Right. She's not just being stupid and rebellious and getting a tattoo. Like she's not her parents drunk understand. and getting some tramp stamp. Right. Like, she's like that is A plus parenting, even though it's like not the norm to let your kid have tattoos. They didn't care because they knew that that was important enough to their kid for her betterment. Yeah. You know? Like A plus parenting. Honestly, I, I love Kara's parents. Honestly, 
Like, yes. If I ever have crotch goblins, I want to be that kind of parent. Crotch goblins? You've never heard I was them like, called that? That took me a second. I was like, what the hell is a crotch goblin? <laughs> I've never heard that. Wow. I'm going to refer them children <laughs> or crotch goblins from now on. So you're an artist, and that's great, but why aren't you taking art class? And she finds out it's because Tiana and Katrina bull- basically bullied her out of art class. Yeah. Which is, like, wild to me, but okay. Like, how are you going to bully someone so hard that... I, I don't understand that. That they don't even pursue their passion because they're being bullied. bullied. So, like, I don't understand. I don't get like, it. Like, what? I, 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 don't, I don't get that, but... I cannot put myself in a situation where I could bully somebody that much. Yeah. Like, I could understand being bullied to that point, but I can't understand right. being the bullier. Exactly. Like, knowing full well that this is her passion, so we're going to target her here. Right. Like, why? What? Why? I don't understand why. Why would you hate someone that much? And it makes me wonder, like, what is going on in their own life? Because you know they don't oh, hate yeah. her that much. Oh, yeah. Much. Absolutely. Honestly, have to hate themselves. That well, that's much. what bullies right are. Like they don't hate the person that they're bullying. Usually, it's because they're just taking out their frustration on that person, right? Because of shit that's going on in their home lives. Do we ever find anything out about? No, I don't think we do. I don't think we ever find out why they're like that. Huh. No, not that I remember. So, um, anyway, so they go, um, to the bonfire, and Sean is there, and they meet this other guy, Elliot, who is kind of a thing with Kara, but not really. He's, again, an artistic type. He is a photographer. He's a photographer. And he's, like, taking pictures of her all night, and yes, he's like, ooh, let me get this shot, and she gets really annoyed with it, and it's so cute. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh my god, just stop taking pictures. It's adorable, because it's obvious they like each other, but they're not a thing yet. Right. And it's like, oh, this is cute. Yes. <laughs> Be together. Now. Yes. Um, just let him take the pictures, it's fine. Yes, just do it. So they kind of separate off into the two couples, you know, Sean and Mer and Elliot and Kira, they kind of go their separate ways for a little bit. And um, Mira and Sean kind of get to know each other a little better and a little flirty. And, you know, they kind of have a little moment. And then Kara comes back and her clothes are soaking wet and she's upset. And she's like, I have to go right now. I just wanted to let you know I'm leaving. Um, You can stay. You know, I'm not. And Mira's like, she knows something's up. She's like, what happened? What happened? Are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm going to go. And Mira's like, well, I'm going to come with you. And she's like, no, you stay. You know, you you have fun. I'm leaving. And Mira's like, no, I'm coming with you. I can tell something happened. And for somebody who's never really had friends before, like, she does the friend thing so good. She really does. She's so loyal. Like, Like, fuck this noise. I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. I know something went down. Right. Like, I'm going to protect you to the end here, girl. She's so great. And it was obviously, you know, the bullies. Of course. a drink on her and like embarrassed her in front of Elliot or whatever and it was you know a big deal but so Mir and um Mir and uh Kira, Kira they, they go home <laughs> they leave 
And um, so the next day uh, at Salishwood, Natan says some like some creepy stuff, really inappropriate about periods, like to the kids. And it's one of those things where he's trying to be like super feminist and is like yes but in actually periods are natural but it's really weird when a dude is telling a girl about a period yeah but it actually came off really sexist the way he said it right like being like i don't even remember how he worded it but basically like real quick basically like um being like oh don't be ashamed it's normal for you to be weaker like you know like kind of like um patronizing women right but like it, it was just Creepy and uncalled for, especially in front of these children. Oh, wow. I opened to the bonfire part. Oh, perfect. Right? It's the very next day. We're probably Um, the very next chapter. So, this is something we didn't mention, and this is a very important part to bring it up, and I'm really glad I opened the book because we would have forgotten all about it. Um, One of the things that Mira carries with her is this tangled up gold chain necklace. Oh, wow. I can't believe we forgot about that. I know. Like, we mentioned it later, but we haven't talked about it at all. So she would carry it with her and, like, try to untangle it when she was stressed. Like, that was one of her self, self-soothing self techniques is to try to untangle this necklace. And it's a little thing that she had taken from one of the homes because she bought it as, like, a Mother's Day present or something for one of the foster moms. And the foster mom kind of, like, oh, this is nice, huh, and... Gaffed it off. Right. So, like, didn't appreciate it, so Mira ended up taking it, and so while they're getting ready for the bonfire on the beach, Kira's like, one of my specialties is making people look pretty, and so they, um, Mira borrows one of Kira's sweaters, and then uh, she has this necklace in her hand and Kira's like oh my goodness it's such a good thing we're friends now because one of my specialties is untangling tangled jewelry and so Kira's like give it to me I'll take care of it Mm -hmm. and Mira's like she freaks out a little bit because that's like her security thing like that's her thing yeah don't touch my thing like (laughs) but she also really wants to be friends with Kira so she gives it to her and it kind of makes her a little uncomfortable but she's also like okay, you can take this thing, it's very important to me, and um, see if you can fix it. Yeah. And I thought that was a very important and very poignant. It is. It, it's so symbolic and very profound in this book, especially because it comes back up later. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the necklace It, it was important. important to point it out now. Oh, the period Oh, the creepy period thing. Right. Um, okay, so he says... Children, this is imperative, especially young ladies. You need to understand that when time comes for your moon blood, ew. Why would, why? Ew. Why? And so, of course, the boys all get like, oh, like, you know, boys do because they're weird. Right. And then the girls are all just like dying. Like, like every girl oh, yeah. just dying. Like, why? Why? And Mira's like, whoa, Natan, you stop now. Like, don't keep talking. Shut this shit down. And he gives her, like, this sympathetic, you poor, uneducated girl look. And he says, Muriel, I understand the male-dominated world has led you to believe that your monthly blood is not an appropriate topic. 
but please understand. And she's like, no, you understand. Like, this doesn't happen. I guess I could just read it instead of paraphrasing it. (laughs) She says, no, you understand. Stop saying monthly blood. The male-dominated world is you. Co-opting a normal thing and turning it into your gross, quote-unquote, moon blood, mother, er, excuse me, your gross, quote-unquote, moon blood, mother earth crap. Just say period. Just say menstruation. Use actual words. All of you boys, shut it right now. Yeah. Like. Like, grow up. Fuck that motherfucker. Exactly. Telling me that my period. Trying to talk about something you don't know anything about. Nothing about. Nothing. And like, calling it moon blood. Like, what the actual fuck? That is really creepy. <laughs> like, why? Why? That's like. Does he think it only happens at night? <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. God. Just, ugh. It's just, he's so creepy and so infuriating, and I hate him, and so does everyone else. And, and to say just, that to, like, little kids? No, like, these are kids that have, like, not even gone through puberty yet. Like, they're elementary, yeah. like, I'm imagining, like, like, eight or nine. Yeah, I'm imagining, like, really, really young. Like, they don't even need to be talking about that, especially not with strangers, like. And those young boys probably, like. Oh, it was just, it was infuriating. So he ends up getting sent to um, the boss because he's being super inappropriate. And um, so they kind of, uh, Sean and, and Mir kind of like overhear her like talking to him. And they find out that he is her nephew. Yep. And that's the only reason why he's working there. Yeah. She won't fire him because he's no. a nephew. It was something, like, having to do with his dad. No, she borrowed money from his dad yeah. or something, and so he... Basically, she was indebted to hit to Natan's dad, and so Natan... And trying to make her feel like, you know, you, you can't fire me or anything. I can do whatever I want because you owe me, so you can let me have this job. Right. Nepotism like, at its finest, and male egotistical dominant... I just realized that that sounds a lot like egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's pretty accurate. I mean, that's perfect. <laughs> like, literally, I got the biggest balls. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that was great. It's just bullshit. Yeah. Tan is disgusting. He's just, he's immature and... You know, he's not doing anything with his life except mooching and just, he's just, ugh. He's creepy. I hate him. And, ugh. At one point, he talks about the person who used to have Muriel's job and how they went on their great journey, or their grand journey. He got a job at, like, someplace else. Like, that's his quote-unquote grand journey. Yeah. job. Like, that's how he talks about everything. And it's just too much. It's just way too much. Um, so, um, later on, Mira goes shopping with Kara, and, um, oh, so, like we said before, um, Mira doesn't like to unpack. She keeps everything in her suitcase. Well, Kara takes her shopping, so she ends up buying new clothes. Well, they're not gonna fit in her suitcase, because it's more than what she normally has. So, she starts to put her new, she puts her new clothes neatly on top of her dresser, yeah. which is like, whoa now. 
this is something else we probably should have pointed out. This is the first time that Mira has ever really had her own room. Yeah. She has her own bed. Not bunk beds. Not room for other people. No. Her own bed. Right. She has her own dresser. She has her own room. Yeah. And she hasn't slept alone in years. So, for the longest time, she, she couldn't sleep in that bed. Yeah. She would go down and sleep on the couch. That's and then right. get up before Francis woke up. She would sleep with Terry Johnson, the dog. But on the couch. Like, she yeah. didn't... Terry Johnson would come and sleep with her. Yeah. She wouldn't, like, go to him. He came to her. Right, because when she, when she eventually did start sleeping in her bed, he would still go yeah, sleep with her? Yeah, he would still go sleep with her. He's so cute. I know. He's such a good boy. Unconditional no, love of a puppers. Not a good puppy. He's a good doggy. <laughs> Terry Johnson's a good doggy. He is. <laughs> I'm probably going to take this out, but I told some guy at the bank the other day, he asked for a lollipop, and I was like, all we have are dog treats. We like dogs more than kids. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Dogs are the best. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she takes her new clothes, and she puts them on top of the dresser. Yeah. Non-committal. She's not, like, moving in. No. But it is a step up from what she normally does. Yeah. They're She's not moving in her out suitcase. of her suitcase. So, um, so, Sean and Murr, they go on a not-date. They're, they're going, hang out, they're going to see a movie. Right. And, but Mira's like, it's not a date. It's, it's, it's definitely going, not a date. It, we're going on a not date. Yeah. Like. We're going to the movies, and we'll be together. And there won't be, be any other friends. Right. But it's not a date. But it's not a date. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a whole mood. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, they go, and, well, the movie ends up being canceled, so they go somewhere, I don't remember where, like a park or something. And they With those two, it's always a park. Yeah. <laughs> and they just sit and they talk and talk and talk. And they lose track of time. And um, she ends up being late coming home, which she's never, ever done. And his, I think his phone battery died. And she yeah. doesn't have a cell phone. Right. She's never needed one. Right. And this is also, like, Kira kind of teased her a little bit earlier in the book about not having one because, mm-hmm. well, everybody has a cell phone. What do you mean you don't have a cell phone? And she's just like, well, I don't need one. It's an extra expense that I can't afford. Exactly. And she's like, come back on the call. Like, right. <laughs> my social worker? I mean. <laughs> and, and But her justification in her own head is it's an expense that I can't afford. And I won't be able to afford it when I move out. Right. So she, she has no phone. She has no way to call. And... Did she but have a phone at this point? I think she did just get a phone, but um, it was, like, turned off, or she wasn't because used to. Because they were going to the movies. I right, think. and, like, she wasn't used to using it, so right. she didn't really pay attention to it. And But she's always been really, really good about coming home when she says she will. Right. She's never late. And so she's late, and Francis is freaking the hell out. Yes. Like, oh, my God, something's wrong. And not mad, worried. Oh my god, something's wrong. Right. She's she's so responsible. She wouldn't be late if there wasn't something right, terrible. Something wrong. happened, she's hurt, like right. she's she's scared. And Mira thinks this is it. I messed up. 
she's gonna throw me away now. I'm calling Jolene because, up because it's time I, to go. Because I'm ten minutes late to come home. Now I'm screwed and I have to leave. Right. And it was ten. Was it ten? Minutes? It was like ten minutes. It was not much. Yeah. But it was still enough to like be. Well, two minutes would have been enough for her to right freak because out. she's normally so punctual. Right. That it was enough for. Um, Muriel Mur- to freak yeah. out. Right. So, but she's like, Francine's like, I'm, I'm not mad. And she's like, it's okay. I, you know, I'll call my social worker. I'll pack up and I'll get out. Of you know, and Francine's like, what? I'm not getting rid of you because right. you were like ten minutes late. Like, it was a mistake. Things happen. Okay. However, keep your phone turned on. Yeah, she's like, I'm not mad. It's fine, but just don't do it again because it scared the shit out of me. I thought something happened. You know, I care about you, kid. You know, and Muriel's just like. Struck dumb. She she just does not understand. She's like, you're not mad? Like, that's so weird. Um, But this still kind of shakes Muriel to the point where she's like, you know what? I'm going to cool it with Sean for a little while. Like, we can't be dating like this. It's going to get me It wasn't problem. even a date. Right. We can't go on a not date even. We can't not date. We can't do a not date. <laughs> we can't date and we can't not date. So. <laughs> she's complicated, yeah. She is so complicated. But isn't that so how it is when we are so caught up in our own head and our own yeah. fucked upness? Yeah. Like, and it gets scary because it, like, especially in her case, because it affects everything. You know, it it can put her entire life on the line. Right. Which is sad that something so little could really be that detrimental to her life. But in her case, it is. Right. In her case, she thinks it is. She thinks it is. Right, right. But, um, so, either way, she's like, we're just friends. Like, we really are. Like, we can't, we can't be doing this. And he respects that. He's like, all right, I understand. And, um, so, you know, they're working. They're just, you know, they're just very casual friends. They're coworkers. And they're at Salishwood. And Zola shows up again. And, um, so Mira's kind of worried about her this time, though, because she seems like she's... She seems like something's wrong, but she's not telling Mirror. Right. And the last time, she had gone back home to live with her grandmother. Right, right. So everything was great. You know, she was, you know, happy and confident and content because life was good. And this time, she's kind of standoffish and she's sad. And she, like, comes up and she hugs Muriel, but not in the, like, oh, my God, it's my friend kind of way, but kind of like, I need a hug. Yeah. Kind of way. Like, something's up. But she's not telling her what's wrong, but Mira understands something's not right at home. Right. And she, uh, like, her first thought is, she's not at home anymore. Yeah. But, of course, she can't do anything about it. And she's not really even supposed to know. Right. Because that's not legally any of her business. Right. She She can't ask the social worker, and she can't. Right. So, um, so that's in the back of her mind. She's really worried about Zola. And, uh, meanwhile, um, they're at Blackbird, and Elliot and Tiana show up. And, um, Elliot is talking to Kira, and he's like, man, you know, there's this art contest coming up. You should really enter, Kira. You're amazing. You should do this. But Tiana's also there and is being like, really passive-aggressive toward Kira, like, don't you fucking dare, you know? Like, well, wasn't she, like, 
yeah, Kia, you should really do that. Like, right. She's real passive aggressive about yeah. it. Like, and um, being all over Elliot, knowing full well that Kira likes Elliot, and like just being a bitch. And so Kira's like, you know, Elliot, I'm not really planning to enter, you know, it's, I just, I'm busy working, you know, I'm, I'm not going to. And um, Mary's like, what the hell, you know, you should enter. And she's like, no, I can't because they're bitches and they're going to make my life hell if I even try to be happy, which is horrible. Um, but then they all go to a Halloween party not long after that. And uh, Mir and Sean, they dress up like John, Mir, and a sheep. It's adorable. I don't remember the point of the sheep. Okay, so Mir didn't want to go to the Halloween party, mm-hmm. but then um, Sean shows up just like John Muir, and he has, like, a sheep costume for her because, like, something having to do with, like, John Muir liking, I don't know, he had, like, sheep or something. He liked animals. I don't know. She could have been a tree for all I know. <laughs> I don't know. It make more sense if she was a tree. I don't know. It's just a weird thing, and to the, only them it made sense. And that's the point, though. Right. Is that only they knew what they were dressed up as. Nobody else at that Halloween party knew. They were like, okay, it's a guy it's, it's and, a beard and a beard and a sheep. I don't get it, but cute. <laughs> like, they were the only ones who understood. And that's adorable. You know, right. they have their own little world. And it's just like, oh, cutesy. I just realized that little Bo Peep, like, Bo is a boy's name. Bo is a boy's name. Bo is my neighbor's name. <laughs> He's an old man. He used to have a boy dog named Bo. So why is her name Little Bo Peep? I don't know. Maybe it could be, maybe it's like gender fluid. Like it can be like like Sam. It can be boy or girl. Yeah, but Sam Bo. is short for either Samantha or Samuel. Bo, what's Bo short for? Beauregard. Is it? That's the only thing I've ever heard it short for. Bo. Bo. You know that show Blackish? And like the woman's name is Rainbow, but they call her Bo. Yeah, but that's B-O-W. This is B-O. Like body Bo. odor. Bo. <laughs> Shibo? It's Shibo. I don't know. I don't know. But I was thinking he could have been like little Boby. <laughs> Maybe that's what people thought he was. <laughs> You're little Bo Peep and you're a sheep. <laughs> That's probably what people thought. I mean, <laughs> I have to pee. <laughs> hey guys, we are actually going to go ahead and cut this short. I know it's a bit of an odd place to start. However, we got too drunk and we can't keep doing this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I kind of low-key wondered how long it would take for this to happen, and, well, five months, five and a half months is, is what it took. Um, so that means that you will get a bonus episode that'll be released on the last Wednesday of the month. Um, yeah, so you have an extra one to look forward to, but I hope you all have a good night, and I, uh, I can't think. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. You can message us on the social medias. Um, What social medias do we have? We have a lot of them. 
We only have three. And that's a lot. We've got Facebook and we've got Instagram and, and email. And you can do the Facebook and the Instagram at Booklet Podcast, right? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I know these things. And then the email is bookletpodcast at gmail. Yeah. Gmail. Because we wanted to make this as easy as possible because we basic. And we drop. So we can't really. <laughs> yeah, we got a little too tipsy. So anyway, we love y'all and thanks for listening in. We'll be back soon. Yes. And if you want to read. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> is falling off the bed. I'm hanging on to a thread. Well, yeah, if she fell all the way off, she'd fall on me. I'm like a rat cat. <laughs> <laughs> Will I fall off? Will I not? No. It's like, just defying gravity. That's why I try defying gravity. I don't know that Oh, my God, you don't know defying gravity? No, but I can't breathe. <laughs> can't either, but that's from laughing. It's crushing my lungs. <laughs> At least I'm not peeing now. <laughs> that's only because we don't have the... What was it? Cheese shit? <laughs> big cheese shit. Not cheese, it's cheese shit. I was laughing so hard. I got four boxes. <laughs> by my pulled out because we're too drunk. Good night. Good night. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Oh. Happy reading. Happy reading. This episode was recorded by Hollywood and Tate Shader. Pause. <laughs> <laughs>